2: everybody thanks for joining us on the next episode of half street high heat a very sad episode of half street high heat <laughs> for us um as i'm sure anyone who listens to this podcast knows it was it was bryce harper week so uh let's start out with the introductions i'm your host amanda white you can follow me on twitter at a seven eight seven seven i'm joined as always by nick and ryan you can follow them on twitter at dc natchack or, and you can follow the podcast itself at Half Street High Heat with the street is just ST. Um, we're doing this podcast for the DMV Sports Network. You can follow them on Twitter at DMV underscore SN. And you can go to the website, dmvsportsnetwork.com, and find all the content about all DC sports as well as local college sports. And you can get the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Or um, we're now getting them out to YouTube every week as soon as they're published. So if you don't do podcasts, you can listen to it there all right so without further ado let's talk about bryce harper and then i don't want to talk about bryce harper again <laughs> he's dead to me after today so let's do this because we have to but then Oof. i don't want to talk about him ever again
3: it's uh it, it's tough honestly like it's i'm just sad like seeing everything obviously it's a huge signing it's probably the biggest free agent signing ever but it's just it's sad honestly I don't. I don't know how to feel.
2: Yeah, sad pretty much covers it. <laughs>
3: yeah, basically.
4: <laughs> I mean, it sucks as a fan of Bryce. You know, don't want to see him going to the Phillies. It's not fun, and this is not going to go away. This is going to be tied to the Nats for 13 years, but and then some. Yeah, for business. I mean, this stuff happens. It's part of the game. It's a terrible part of the game, but nothing we could do.
2: Yeah, and you know, I, I saw somebody point out. And I hadn't really thought of it this way, but if you think back through DC sports, we've had more than our share of heartbreaks, but one heartbreak (laughs) we haven't had really is losing big homegrown stars. I mean, Ovi's still here, Backstrom's still here, John Wall, Bradley Beal. I mean, you can go, you can go down the line and and find the guys where, you know, most of the time the big the big names are are staying here. So it's hard to take. And honestly, the going to Philly part is what bothers me the most. And there's been a lot of debate about, you know, how fans should feel. And to me, I I think I would feel a lot differently if he, if he hadn't gone to an NLEs team, it's the, the having to play against him 19 times a year is tough.
3: Yeah. I, I was on the same page as you until I saw his press conference. And yeah. then I just realized where he was coming from, that he didn't want to leave D.C. But, I mean, they, they just weren't giving him anything close to a real offer. And
4: The Phillies gave him what he wanted, and it got to yeah. the, where it was March. He won the longevity, won the record, and they gave it to him. And the Nats had other stuff they had to do. They made the moves they had to make, fill the holes and everything, and just the money wasn't there. If this was a different offseason where the Nats had less glaring weaknesses, I think they could have matched the offer. But and it, I
2: think they could have it matched it anyway, there. but I'm not entirely in agreement with you that they just didn't you know, want to do it. I, I think they did the offer they made him. Everybody keeps, I keep seeing people make the argument that it was insulting. It was all this back, you know, this it was. deferred money. But they do that with it all, it wasn't insulting to Max Scherzer or to Patrick Corbin or to Steven Strasberg. That's the way the Nats do business. And no. Boris knows that. They could have come back and said, hey, we don't want this. Defer-. They didn't come back to them. That's what Lerner said last week is they none didn't of, come back to them with a counter or anything.
4: And, none of them were the homegrown talent. So that's the thing. And they weren't 26. Like, that's that, true. Uh, but
2: that, I just don't get the – it's an, an insult to Harper to offer him deferred money. That's the way they do business. He could have no. come back and said, I don't want deferred money. This is what I want. And he didn't do that for whatever reason. And I don't know what the reason is. But so,
3: I mean <clears throat> I think that was more Boris than anything. Boris wants to avoid deferred money. And the reason Strauss took it is – well one Strauss was an extension. He literally went to Boris and said, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to be with the Nats. Right. Work work something out. So it was a little bit different. But the thing with deferred money is that like his la- the last payment of that contract after him would have been like when he was sixty two. And yes, he would have gotten all three hundred million like eventually. But at the same time when you're offering a deferred contract, the reason it wasn't an insult to Strauss or or Max or anyone is because when you were offering deferred money, it has to be more than like what you would normally get. So if like 330 million was like the number for Bryce, then if you're offering deferred money, it would have had to been like 360 million.
2: Well, right. But my point is if they never came back and and negotiated, they didn't even get that. But if they never came back and negotiated, who knows what could have happened if they had come back and said, okay, we don't want deferrals or we'll take this much in deferrals, but we want it to be this much more money. You know what I mean? It just seems like, the people that you said you made the point yourself strass said i want to be here make it happen i don't think bryce did that so maybe he did want to be here or maybe what he really wanted was to have the biggest contract ever and that's just not something the nats were willing to do
3: and you, you can't blame bryce because he was literally the best free agent to ever hit the market so yeah he wanted to test free agency one the nats offered it before free agent even started and two i think Uh, I know I'm not the only one who said it, so I'm not going to take, like, sole credit, but that offer was literally just to, like, just for show it wasn't like it was an opening expected. offer
2: and I don't think they expected them to take it that
3: but, was a terrible opening
4: offer that's what if you're thinking yeah, the, like the value came to like 184 million over it million
2: didn't right year. but who but the point is the value was 300 million if they wanted to do structure a different way they could have and I'm not saying I blame Bryce I don't think there's blame here really I think you know the Nats have as you pointed out a bunch of things they needed to do this season. and when I see what they gave Bryce 13 years no opt-outs I love Harper and I sad that he's not going to be a Nat for the rest of his career but i wouldn't have wanted them to give him that contract i wouldn't I'd oh have i would
3: take g- that no. contract every it's single gonna, it's day gonna the out twice on i
2: think that if you even look at the jason worth contract that was he was older obviously but the, One of the worst contracts of these ever. contracts are you the fans are never happy the team is never happy at the oh, end jason
3: it's worth sucked. sucked so that's <laughs> right. a terrible comp- but, the point
2: is, that's just a Nats comp. But there are lots of comps all around the league of giving huge <clears throat> contracts, long-term contracts, and in the last five, six years of the contracts, it's an albatross. And I love Harper. It's completely different when gone. the guy's
3: 26, though. They're just there is completely different. I,
2: they're different, but I don't think they're completely different. I just disagree. I, I, it is
3: completely different. <laughs> well,
2: emotionally, I'm sad Bryce is gone, but from a business yeah. standpoint, I, I don't. I wouldn't wanted them to give him that contract.
4: See, I think that's a great deal for the Phillies because they're paying him $25 million for 13 years. Every free agent yep. that comes out, they're going to go, hey, come play with Bryce Harper for the next decade. Mike Trout in two years, play with Bryce Harper for the next 11 years. Every big pitcher, they're going to be able to pay them. Because they basically deferred the last three years of it for $30 million. If that, that was that brilliant. bit of a
2: draw, why why did the Nats not get every free agent coming out that they wanted if playing with Bryce Harper was such an, an enormous...
4: But the thing is that Mike Trout
3: was selling Bryce on Philly the entire offseason. Well, Philly's right, but he's from there. That's a lot a... of money. Yeah. So and, well, was... to answer your question, Amanda, like the reason he wanted no opt-outs and a no trade in line is that he knew he wouldn't be able to sell anyone on Philly. If they thought he was leaving, which is why he would never sell anyone to the Nets because everyone knew the 2019 offseason of Bryce Harper was going to happen. So there was always 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 a chance he was going to leave even since the kid was like 16. Right,
2: but that was I mean there's been years where they haven't. I don't know. I just I I am with you guys completely in the the emotion of the thing. I'm I'm sad and disappointed that he's gone. I just
3: want to punch something, okay?
2: <laughs> I don't want to punch something, but I think that if we I bet you if we revisit this conversation 6 or 7 years from now that People are in Philly are going to be bitching and moaning about paying Bryce Harper twenty five million a year when he no, they have a
3: couple World Series. Yeah, maybe and they always bitch maybe. and moan.
2: Everybody they said are. we were going to win a couple World Series with Bryce too, and we didn't. So
3: we didn't, never thought we weren't going to re sign him.
2: Yeah, but I'm so. just saying, I, I think that you might be. I, I Bryce Harper is a, is a generational talent, but it's a team sport. I don't know that you're going to. I don't think their their pitching is that deep. You can't win As a, right a now, World but... Series just with Bryce Harper.
3: Well, I don't think they're done yet. Not like I think they're done this offseason, but in terms of future free agent yeah. classes, like next year's starting pitching class is stupid. They've as been, far they've as free been agency for, this
4: for a long time. well, yeah. and
2: we'll see. I, it remains to be seen what will happen, and, and maybe they're going to go on to a dynasty, and maybe not. You know, maybe Bryce has. there have been a lot of fans here who feel like all three of us do that we're all devastated that he's gone but there are a lot of fans who feel like he's overhyped and overrated and and frankly a lot of those people are in Philadelphia until 12 minutes ago when they got him and <laughs> they've been talking for years about Harper's overrated and Harper's a douche and Harper's this and Harper's that and you know now they have him and suddenly they
3: yeah, i call them their biggest him. fans yeah but uh, i mean like i'm not going to tell anyone how they should feel on this like if you want to be pissed at Harper i've seen everyone change their Twitter names to Bryce is dead to me or whatever, like, like if that's how you want to process it, fine. I mean, I'm not going to like tell you, you have to root for uh, a player who's now playing for a rival. Like that's just how it is. But at the same time, people who miss him and people who loved what he's provided over the past like seven years are allowed to do that too. Yeah. I
2: don't think you'd have to choose either. I think it can be both. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm personally, I keep seeing people say, oh, they should, we should give him a standing ovation because we should respect everything he did here. And I get that argument. I am typically of that. I'm not going to give him a standing ovation when he comes, I'm going to be at that game and I'm not going to boo him. But to me, if you want respect for everything that you did here, you (laughs) could have the respect to choose any other team in baseball except our Biggest rival, you know, you're did... not questions. the biggest rival. Well, I think they are, and in, at in least right now, I mean, the Braves won it no, last year, but Braves. I don't think they're going to win it again.
4: The Nats uh, and Phillies have never been good at the same time, so to me, they're not a rival. You know, like I had someone say, Bryce, <laughs> they are the now face of the Nats, uh, like front office, like, shut up, okay? The, <laughs> the Nats were out of it a long time ago, and Bryce took the biggest money when every single free agent gets. I understand being mad, I understand being upset. But yeah. people we're just overreacting so much. Like, shut I up. I agree. It's a business. It's always
3: about the money. And of he course, took the it best is. Offer. and that's, that's
2: fine. Good. Like I said, I'm not gonna boo him. I don't think I'm not mad at yeah. him, and I'm not mad at the Nats either. It's a business. That's also
3: another but... one of our Twitter questions. Our, our followers are just on point today. I know. So. Well, I guess we can save <laughs> the rest of that
2: conversation for that.
3: <laughs> one thing I did want to say is like, if the Nats were never really going to be in on Bryce, why not trade him at the deadline?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point, although I think maybe it was more of a face-saving thing with fans than anything else, like just yeah, admitting that they weren't in on Bryce.
3: I, I don't know. It's just they, there wasn't one good thing that came out of this, and br- losing Bryce was going to hurt one way or another, but like, at least they could have done something.
2: And you know what? I think they made the, I think from a perspective of keeping their fans happy i think they probably made the right decision by not trading him because if they had traded him and now he went and joined with the phillies everybody would be furious at the team and right now everyone's not furious at the team so if their goal was to keep their fan base placated then they accomplished it
3: i mean i'm not happy with them but yeah i'm not furious i'm not mad at either either side
2: i just it's a business it is what it is but I, i i think that if bryce wanted to keep his legacy here in dc um you know keep it keep keep a sense of the love and respect with the fans then philly was the wrong choice and honestly the fact that he is yet to even reach out make any kind of a statement or say anything to the fans of dc is is pretty surprising and kind of hurtful like even the team put out a little thanks for the memories bryce tweet and nothing nothing from bryce at all to the what dc fans
3: he he verbally did in his press conference yeah to Rizzo. Talk about it Oh, no, he, he talked general. about it in D.C. in general. Yeah, yeah he I got gotcha. you. Like, I mean, I thought he'd say something on social media, but his I think
2: he, he should have taken oh, out yeah. a full-page ad in the post or something. Like, he should oh, have done people, something. Oh, people have been so I,
4: mad at that. Yeah,
3: I don't – <laughs> I don't yeah, care. I think I it would have been the classy so.
2: thing. This t- this the fan base has showered clusters. him with love. That is
3: not True that is not true at all this fan base has like been so polarized ever since he people came in up. every
2: fan base that are jerks about it but this yeah. I, were you guys at the home run derby i have never yeah, i was we there were. too and i have never felt even i was downtown for the caps winning the cup that home run derby was the most electric Oh, amazing incredible. moment yeah. and that'll go to one of our questions later too about my favorite Bryce moment that's it nope
3: that's that's my answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: well I'm just you know I'm I'm sad he's gone but I, I I think neither side the team nor Bryce really handled it as well as it could have been handled no. it was never going to be good for it was never going to be fun for the fans to lose Bryce yeah. but they could all handled it better
3: And a lot of what we talked about has to do with that SI article that came out. And yeah, I think there just was, whether it was between Boris and the learners or Bryce and Boris or whatever it may be, but there was some sort of hard falling out that just didn't really come to light. I have
2: a feeling it will. I have a feeling as the weeks go by now that this is a done deal, we're going to start, stuff's going to start to leak out and we're going to get some stories.
3: Yeah, probably. Probably. Yep. Which means if we're not done talking about it.
2: Oh, yeah, you're
3: probably right. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, let's be done for the moment and move on a little bit. Um, let's talk about the off-season grading for the Nats here now that we know Harper's not going to be a Nat next year. How do you feel? Does it change the way you feel about the off-season? Before, when we had this conversation, we said, hey, they've had a great offseason. It'll be even better if they sign Bryce. Is, are you guys right. feeling different now?
4: No, I mean, I'm feeling the same. I never thought Bryce was coming back, and the Nats went out and they replaced his production as best as they could. They added the top-line pitcher. They're going to have Robles playing in uh, center field, who's going to be better defensively than Uh
2: Bryce. Maybe they're going to have Robles
4: playing (laughs) in center field. Easy. (laughs) Easy. and then they went out and got Dozier, who, when he's healthy, is a thirty-plus home run power. And then they also replaced the catcher production. So they went out and they replaced the production all over they could. Mm-hmm. And they're still talking to Kimbrel. So I mean, they've had a really good off Oh,
2: please make Kimbrel happen, please, please,
4: please, <laughs> please, please, please.
2: I want yeah. that to be. I want that to happen. That will that will salve my wounds from Harper quite a lot if we can get Kimbrel.
3: Yeah, it doesn't change my opinion of them. It's just I wish. There was some more effort, but maybe there was something that hasn't come to light yet on the whole Bryce thing and how the off season played out. But no, all, all in all, it's probably Rizzo's best off season, so I can't really blame him for. Yeah, the I'm Lewis. still giving he's, them he's an done. A
2: off season. It would have been an A plus 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 with Bryce, but it's still right. an A from me. Right okay so we just touched on did they do enough to address the lineup and you, you made a few points about that dozier I think if he has the bounce back gear, I think he's gonna have is a big piece um just the catcher spot's been a black hole
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh I think you know both goms and suzuki are gonna be a, a big upgrade over the production they were getting there so I think they did do what they could do there aren't a lot of big bats out there available
3: mm-hmm.
2: so you know I I the looks like at Please Wendy DC, that's Sabir, our uh, colleague at the DMV Sports Network, asked that. How important is it to have a consistent long ball threat? Sure. I think they still do.
4: I mean, their lineup's not going to be the same, and I think it's probably about the third or fourth best lineup in the division. But Agreed. they're, they're going to have to score in ways they haven't been able to the last seven years, and the that's have been relying on the long ball. So if they Mm -hmm. completely shift their approach and try to produce runs... Yeah,
2: they're going to need more small ball than they've been accustomed to playing.
4: They'll be a lot better because teams that rely on the long ball get screwed come October. They just can't win the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this is a huge culture change. And now they realize, team effort, we got to do it. Let's move the ball around. And then they should be fine if they can do that.
3: Yeah, because as much as people are looking or expecting Soto to replace not replace Bryce but kind of fill in some of the areas where there's holes that Bryce left. I think he can, but one area I don't think I don't think he's ever going to be that 40 home run threat. Like he he probably could, but I don't think that's his game, which isn't a bad thing, but it's not the same as having Yeah, there's Bryce a lot more lineup. to
2: offense than than the long ball.
3: Exactly. And I, I don't think that's Soto's game. Like he's still obviously very valuable, but I don't think that's it. So obviously having a consistent long ball threat where no matter who you are as a pitcher you're scared of facing like obviously that's a huge impact in the lineup to have and yeah. we don't really have that right now
2: agreed but I, you know we'll see if if uh filling in with different pieces as opposed to really replacing the kind of piece that Bryce Harper was is going to be enough I think if their the rotation's their biggest strength if they can mm-hmm. if their bullpen can be good and right now I'm, I'm iffy on their bullpen if they sign Kimberl. I'll feel a whole hell of a lot better about it, but if they can have really dominant pitching, both relief pitching and starting pitching, then, you know, a, a little bit more of a weak lineup isn't necessarily a death knell. Yeah.
4: that will be the key. Yep.
2: <sighs> okay. So another question we got was Miller at Miller, Seth two zero two two on Twitter said, Kimbrel would be great, but do we believe the Nats will actually do it? <clears throat>
3: um, I, m- you got my it. gut, my gut says, no, uh, I would love it. Um, But just because I'm looking for some sort of hope right now after being crushed on Thursday by Bryce signing, uh, I'm like, let's just say Kimbrel does sign people need to realize that Doolittle does not care about being the closer and it is not going to hurt his feelings.
2: Right. I think like, that too. Everybody keeps saying that, oh, we can't do that to Doolittle. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, These guys yeah, are professionals. Cares? Like they're not, <laughs> yeah. probably one, each of them will close sometimes and some of them will set up sometimes and who cares?
3: Yeah. And like, it just makes more sense. Like, even if you want to argue that Doolittle is better than Kimball, like, you can more than welcome to argue that, but it just makes more sense to have Kimbrel c- close, so you can have Doolittle as that lefty. And specialist. how
2: amazing would it be too to have where you can choose from two elite closers situationally? Like you can yeah, say, "Yeah, it's a
3: great problem." To right?
2: Have. Exactly. And it's Rosenthal not, too, who you know, obviously, right. you know, we're looking for some bounce back from him. But Rosenthal's Rosenthal's a great pitcher too. I mean, if you had right. your seven, to eight, nine inning in any particular game, could be Rosenthal, Kimbrel, and Doolittle. Uh, you could you could do a hell of a lot worse.
3: Yeah, baseball is not, like, in the business of feelings. Right. Like it's, it There's we're no supposed crying to get... in baseball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I swear I've heard that somewhere. I don't somewhere. Know, no, where. I made it yeah. up. It was definitely yeah. my Oh, wow. Thing, yeah. Look at you. genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> all right. So um, let's talk to our FYI segment here about Harper again. I guess we aren't done talking about Harper. Um, <laughs> the three big ones that we've heard about publicly, at least, are the Nats contract with all the deferred money the Giants contract that apparently was twelve years, so also really long, but three hundred ten million as opposed to three thirty. And of course the California taxes takes a big chunk as well. And then the Phillies winning uh, offer, the thirteen years three thirty with no opt outs, no trade clauses and, and spreads the A V out pretty much equally across the contract.
3: Yeah, so yeah. I, obviously we we kind of already touched on the Nats one. We won't harp on that too much. Um, I just I don't think it was a legitimate offer, and I don't think the Nats ever expected him to like take it or even like think it was a real offer. Like I think it was pretty obvious when they offered it to him that it wasn't. Three hundred million offer. is still
2: an enormous offer, no matter how yeah, you but, split up the money. So nope, the, what,
3: the, way, <laughs> <laughs> the way it was structured, though, it's just it it kind of was a spit like spitting in the face if, of I
2: just think if him. both sides wanted to make it work they could have worked it out. The 300 million number is the 300 million
3: number. Like they could've... But they dealt with Boris enough to know that like he he know he can see right through that. Like they they knew that Boris wasn't going to like like that as even if it was a, a legitimate opening offer. like
2: I have a question for you guys. This whole thing with Boris has to have left a bad taste in both sides' mouths. I mean, Boris was pissed at the Learners for what he felt like was messing up the market for Bryce. And I'm sure mm-hmm. they're pissed at Boris about the way this whole thing played out. Do you think that, you know, the relationship I, – I, I know Boris's relationship with Ted Lerner was very close, but it doesn't seem like Mark Lerner is nearly as much of a fan. And do you think that relationship is less warm than it was before and that that could – Impact their negotiations on, you know, Rendon and other Boris clients.
4: Hundred uh, percent. I had someone DM me, and he like has like one of his buddies works for uh, the MLB, like exec uh, in, up in New York, and said that a lot of owners are pissed at Boris, and like a lot of the relationships are bad. Um, so I feel like owners are kind of just done with Boris. over Boris's
2: crap yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: You know, he is bad for the game so I think that's going to be pretty interesting we probably will see players start leaving him because I was
2: just going to ask that next: is, what do you think because I think he's I don't think he did a good job with Harper here at all I think no, Harper he, he didn't want to play it. in Philadelphia yeah. and he just committed the rest of his career to a city he didn't really want to go to
3: yep uh yeah I agree with Ryan I mean Ryan pretty much ended up I think eventually. Well, I don't think it'll happen before the new CBA, because I think Boris will uh, swindle players into, like, staying with him uh, until that new CBA hits, and we'll just see how it plays out from there. But I think, yeah, the inevitable is players will start leaving leaving Boris, because he just – like, owners are at the point where they can just, like, see through his tactics at this point, so –
2: yeah, well, I'm not a fan. I'll just throw that out there for anyone who cares. <laughs> I'm not a Boris fan. Um, okay, so Giants, that one was the 12 years, $310 million.
4: Speaking of not real offers, that was not a real offer. The Giants were trying so hard. I mean, they had no shot. The Giants are about to tear down their roster and start the rebuild next year and their coaches retiring. There was no way in hell. Bryce was going to sign that. Right, and, and that's a terrible...
2: Fans. That would have been a terrible place for him to yeah. play on top of
3: that. I don't think it was, like, no shot, though. Like, I was, the, the contract wasn't, obviously, good enough, but, I mean, I, I think they still had a legitimate shot. I think Bryce would have been interested in going I there. But, Bryce obviously, Boji was They have no farm system, and they're done. Like, they're
4: about to just tear it down, so I didn't think that happened. Um, I was surprised to didn't take the dodgers offer with a high ab for four years but
2: 45 million a year and you could have hit free agency again when you're 30 to me that made so much more sense for him i was shocked frankly that he took 20 million dollars less for the next four Mm -hmm. years
4: just so he could have that much yeah it's crazy (laughs) though
2: i mean when i don't know that to me it it makes me wonder, like, what really – maybe he's saying that they just wanted one place and they didn't want to have to do this again, and maybe it was that important to him. But you're talking about giving up $80 million <coughs> over the next four years to to play in Philadelphia. I just – I can't understand that.
4: I think it's hard to look at $330 million and be like, ah, I'm going to take a short-term deal. But I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get
2: it too. I just, and in California, you know, that Giants deal, I read somewhere that they would have had to come up to about 360 million almost.
4: To really make it it.
2: the same value as the Phillies deal because of the taxes.
4: Or been smart with the wording like the Padres or Machado so he didn't get hit that hard by the taxes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how you hear nothing about Machado right now. It's just Bryce, 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 Bryce.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Machado's old news. So,
2: (laughs) I know that was like a week ago. It's old news. Yeah.
3: Machado who? Exactly. Mm
2: -hmm. Exactly. Okay. So now that we know Bryce is not going to be a national ever again, um, deferred payments um, is one of the big reasons that, you know, we know he didn't like the offer from them. There are a lot of contracts the Nats have structured that way with these deferred payments, and they're going to start coming due in about 2025. So I wonder if the learners structured it this way, uh, planning that the Masson debacle that's ongoing will be resolved by that point. So they'll have a lot more cash flow to deal with, and maybe that was the, the reasoning behind all these deferred deals. But they are going to have a lot of money that's going to start coming out on those. So is that going to affect the signings they make for the team at that point, or do you think they're kind of keeping those as separate money buckets?
1: Um,
4: that's, that's a good question. So there was an article that I saw on Twitter. It was like, the Nats are going to suck in 2025. And it's just they have so much money in deferred payments. I know they keep structuring like this with the mass and thing and just in the back of their head, but how much money are they really going to get from that where they can just be like, oh, yeah, no problem. Let's just shout out the $105 million we owe to all these guys real quick. Like, I just – I hate deferred payments so much, and I understand why they do it, but eventually it's going to catch up to them. It's just going to absolutely screw them.
3: Yeah, it, it's like putting it on the credit card. Like, it's it's good for a time, but then eventually it catches up to you yeah um, doing a minimum payment yeah and i it's obviously 2025 we still have six years of uh yeah of i just a, can't make myself
2: care about what's gonna happen in yeah. 2025. yeah
3: so obviously if you can win like a world series or two now or like before 2025 you do that but it it really makes you think and it makes me think in particular i'm worried about this whole Rendon thing like i don't I don't think Nat should be optimistic that a deal's going to get done, and that's they just my opinion. did not sound close. Yeah, I, I'm starting to get very, very worried about Rendon's right. pending free agency.
2: Yeah, I'm worried about it too. Although i I don't know, it's still so early in the year, and he said he's willing to talk through the year. And you know, I, I don't know. After what we just saw Arenado do, and I, Rendo not the yeah. kind of guy who likes attention. He's not the kind of guy who's going to enjoy a free agency, I don't think. I think if he wants to be here, that he's, and, and he tells, us, and, you know, if Boris just comes to them and says, this is what it's going to take to keep him here, you know, I think it could be something like Strasbourg, where he just says, I want to stay here. Let's make it work. Let's
3: make it work. Yeah, he... it definitely. Yeah, it definitely could be like that. Um, and Rendone has been outspoken saying like Boris isn't dictating his free agency. Like he's not afraid to like push back yeah. on what Boris. Didn't says. that sound
2: like a like a subtweet of Harper a little bit?
3: <laughs> maybe a little. Uh, but again, like you said, I don't think Rendone's that type of guy. Like he he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Um, but nevertheless, I don't – obviously, I don't think the Machado and Arenado deals help the Nats case at all because I think obviously those guys oh, – They
2: just raised Rendon's value for sure.
3: Right, exactly. And I, I just – with these deferred payments and I I think inevitably they're going to offer Rendon something with deferred payments, I, I'm just not optimistic whatsoever. I mean because I think Ryan's the one who said it like something – like a six for 120 seems like a fair offer. Yeah, he's probably going to end up getting more than that.
2: Yeah, like, I think he's going to get somewhere in the 22, 23 million a year AV range.
3: And, you know, I, he yeah. may or
2: may not be open to the type of deferred payment structure that the Nats like. But I don't necessarily, again, 2025 is so far out that I'm just not going to concern myself about it. But, you know, if they do get a nice settlement from the Masson lawsuit and they start making the kind of money they ought to be making on their on their television rights, you know, I think a big chunk of these deferred payments can be handled by that. And you know, some it's there. The learners have a gazillion dollars, and if the way they prefer is to spread it out rather than to spend it all at once, like it doesn't really matter as long as they're willing to keep spending on players. I don't really care if they. <laughs> want to do it this way if the players are willing to do it and the team prefers it then it just doesn't bother me
3: yeah i think the the thing is though it's just deferred payments they're just generally not good business like if it was just max that's one thing but if all your big money contracts come with deferred payments it's gonna catch up to you at some point so really obviously 2025 still way far in the future like i don't even know what i'm having for dinner tonight let alone like what's going on with the nats in six years um, but it's it's just cause for concern. Like when you think about potential free agents, um, obviously, still this offseason, if we get a Kimbrel or moving forward, like a Rendon and so on and so forth, um, it's just it's not good business. And I think it, it really it it puts a number on what the Nats' window is. I, I think their window to win is really only three to four years.
2: Mm, I don't agree with that, but. I don't know. I, I just don't – I don't see it as all the same bucket of money. I don't think they're going to say, hey, our payroll is this much money today, and once we start making these deferred payments, if it's $100 million in deferred payments, we're going to drop our active payroll by $100 million. I just don't think it's it's that kind of a thing. I, I don't know that they're the same bucket of money. Do you know what I mean? I think they've they've got yeah. some separation between them, so I don't see it as a zero-sum game with
3: I, I deferred that. payments. I get that, and I think – I mean, it's hard to look at any team and say, we're going to be competitive for the next six years. Like, even the Red Sox, like, if you go from six years ago, like, they had, like, two years where they just won, they won, like, 70 games. So it's hard to stay competitive for that long in any sport, but baseball's not excluded from that. Um, So I just think at some point there's going to be a shift where – we start reevaluating and
2: all teams go through rebuild cycles and it exactly. may, it may be that they've, they've structured it this way intentionally to coincide with what they expect to be a rebuild cycle. You know, if we're going to spend a bunch of money and likely we're going to be in a rebuild by this point, And then we can spend a couple you know what I mean? Spend a couple of years, get below the luxury tax and whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it could be that they're thinking that far ahead, but it, <laughs> it might be that they're just, you know, they're just doing what works for them right now. What can get them the players they want right now, and they'll worry about it in the future. They, yeah. they're not the kind of people who are worried that much about the money.
3: <laughs> or, or they're not thinking at all. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> Seems unlikely, but I suppose it's possible. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Turner, Eaton, and Soto. Um, they've got arbitration years coming up. Um, do you think all of this deferred money stuff, um, as those start to come up in the next three, four years, that we're going to be Worrying about them getting raises in arbitration?
4: No, because um, by the time that Soto hits arbitration, there's going to be a new CBA. Rendon, I mean, not sorry, Turner has four years arbitration, and it's going to be slowly increasing each year. I'm not really worried about that. And Eaton just has his club options. So with the new CBA, all of them are going to be impacted differently. So I don't really think that's going to be an issue, especially with the deferred payments for guys who are just in arbitration.
2: Yeah, and what about Soto? When's his first arbitration year?
4: Um, so, the last year he didn't make make enough games, so he has this year and two others before arbitration.
3: So we've got a
2: we got a ways to go on that.
3: Yeah, that, wait, how many games do you need to hit arbitration? He played a majority of the year. Yeah,
4: but um, he only played. I, I read it the other day. Like he didn't meet the requirement for a number of days, so like he like just Yeah, missed service
2: it. time days. I think, and of course they probably didn't Jeez. call him up until just after, as the teams always screw over yeah, the minor leaguers that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: of course. Yeah, so they <laughs> yeah, you, got you can be one of the best. Team
2: yeah. control out of that.
3: Oh my god! Yeah, the CBA is a joke
2: <laughs> for sure. The other thing, um, as far as talking about a window for the Nats to win, um, the Braves. How, how legit do you think they are? Are you worried about them this year? I know they won the division last year. Do you see them as a big threat?
4: I, I think the Braves are going to be a big threat for the future. Um, they have an absolute loaded farm system with a bunch of young arms, a bunch of young guys. I kind of expect them to take a step back this year with a little bit of a sophomore slump, but they have a very small payroll and a bunch of young guys. So they put themselves in the way where they have 23 coming off this year with Donaldson and they can go after whoever they want in free agency.
2: Yeah, I was thinking there's a lot of big-name free mm-hmm. agents coming up next year, and I think they might be setting themselves up yeah. for a big offseason next year.
4: And we talked about the Phillies, and the Phillies, Phillies have been preparing this for years. They literally said that they've had their eye on Bryce for three years. He seems the first of their plan. So I think we're slowly going to see the Braves and the Phillies make the big moves where they become the, like, the power of the NL East, and they're going to start taking over. I think it's a couple years away from that becoming a reality. So Nats really need to take advantage of that. So now. we
2: really need a World Series before then. If you guys are listening, Nats, I need you to
4: yeah, <laughs>
3: just win a playoff series. Honestly, yeah, like, honestly, g- that <laughs> that is our World Series. Is the or for this year, round. could we
2: just could we just get there this year? Like it would just... <laughs> that would be good.
4: Talking to you, Davey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: If anyone, hello, anyone listening? So um, I suppose just for the sake of thoroughness, we should talk about the Mets and the Marlins.
4: <laughs> the Mets. The Mets. See, here's the thing about the Mets. The Mets pitching is so freaking good that when they're healthy, they're one. Of the, they're one of the best teams. But that, that was
2: it right there. That caveat. If, yeah. That when they're healthy, if, they can't yeah. stay
4: healthy. I mean, you already look. They already got weird injuries. I mean two guys right here to knees, one guy's got hurt because he can't cook chicken. It's just the weirdest thing that's <laughs> happened to the Mets.
3: Yeah, it's like they have a curse on their franchise, which I wouldn't be surprised, but the thing with the Mets that we have to, like, acknowledge, like, I don't think they're a threat this year or probably even next year, but they're never afraid to make that big splash, whether it's a trade or a free agent signing. Like, yeah, they're the little brother of New York, but they're still a New York market team, so I mean, they could some way, somehow... Like, convince big name free agents to come play there. So, I don't think they're ever going to be like on the level as the top three in the division for the next few years, but they could still like make things happen. Yeah, if they they can, if they could, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No. um, If they get full season
4: healthy from DeGromps, Sendergaard, and Wheeler, that's 90 plus wins right there. Yep. And that's the thing about them. Yep. DeGrom isn't very happy there and they have until opening day to give him a contract extension or he's not talking anymore. So
2: I don't think that's gonna happen. I think this is probably the last year they're gonna have no. DeGrom. They
4: they started out saying they'll give him whatever they want and now they came out and said that they're gonna try to sign him for as cheaply as possible. So yeah, that, that, that always different. makes players
2: happy when you say God, that. I, I love, love them. that.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially when you're a top two pitcher in the league.
2: Right. You know I mean? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just I don't see them. I don't know. Yeah. If they If they could have a healthy rotation for the whole year, and that's a big if. Nobody has a healthy rotation for the whole year. No. And they don't have the depth, I think, to make up when they have big injuries to their to their best pitchers. But they also, if, if Everything fell in line for them, and they were really healthy the whole year. They could make a run, but I don't think that's going to happen.
3: Last time they're healthy, they went to the World Series.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's true.
3: Him and Sammy Solis, one and two pitchers in the league. (laughs) (laughs) That's... That's just yeah. wrong. So,
2: <laughs> since we're since we're doing an NL East rundown, I suppose we should mention the Marlins.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean they that, play Miami. Yeah. yeah,
2: that is the they, team that plays in Miami. There they,
3: you go. they did like update their uniforms, and they look pretty sweet, oh, really nice. You yeah, know what? But,
2: I will agree. With you. That is a nice thing to say. Their new yeah. unis are sweet. I like. Them. Yeah,
3: so they got like a Miami Vice thing going on, um, but like they actually might need like like actual help because that that it's organization is awful
2: dumpster fire and yeah. i'll tell you i i wonder sometimes if they hadn't lost um jose fernandez what might have been
3: like
4: yeah Emily changed their franchise
3: yeah i i saw it was i don't i don't know who it was one of the big name baseball Bowden. reporters was it Bowden i yeah, thought it was i, I, I thought I, it was, I I was talking about i thought that okay was yeah all right maybe it was Bowden he was talking about jose fernandez not to like ignore like the the drug use and stuff like that but just his presence within the organization and basically how like if he was still around and alive obviously like how different
2: and and real muto i mean they had
3: some big pieces one more starting pitcher and they needed a bullpen guy and we're having completely different conversation yeah it it's it's kinda crazy. And then with all those trades with all those pieces they sold off, they didn't really get anything. I mean, the all those trades are kind of steals going the other way. Yeah, and I don't know so, if they're
2: even gonna be there. There's been a lot of talk about them just leaving town.
3: Jeez, I mean how bad can <laughs> can Jeter ruin an organization. Well like that? I know, but I
2: mean you look at that you you look at the games when they're televised, there's like five thousand people in the stands. Like you can't sustain a major league. A major league team in a in a town where you can't get anybody in the seats, you know.
3: Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't always like that. I mean, they've won a playoff series more recently than the Nats. Yeah, hey, two division titles. Sorry, no division titles, but two World Series, baby.
2: I know that's crazy. Yeah. That's so nuts. What a crazy stat.
3: <laughs> Maybe that's what the Nats need to do. They need to ignore the division, and go straight for the wild card. That's what I'm saying. Then have that the out there. Boom! There's your playoff series win. Oh, oh man, yep go straight for the wild card we know, are wild, wild card 2019 that's our that's our slogan for this it happened. 85 you know games, baby. i
2: still can't <laughs> even think about that last playoff game the nats had i was there and it like hurts my stomach to game. even think about it the one they lost to I the cubs no oh that nope. one no you nope.
3: forgot I, that? I, okay. no i yep yeah. Yeah. Nats have never made
4: the playoffs. What are you talking about? Oh my god! Yeah. That
2: when Scherzer came out, no, they, out, they never just
4: got seen, here.
2: <laughs> I have never seen Nats Park like we talked about being there for the home run derby and how Nats Park was the most insane environment. Yeah, RK was bumping. <laughs> I have never <laughs> felt it like it was when Scherzer came out and had that awful inning. Like it was the worst feeling in the whole world. I was just devastated. I still even yeah, think about I'm it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so let's talk about some twitter questions we've got a lot of twitter questions this week we actually worked a few of them in to our discussion since there were so many um let's see we got from truck2112 on twitter why do some nats fans feel that bryce owed it to them to stay or at least not to sign with an NL East rival
4: I, I feel like with sports fans and like really often in dc fans they get their feelings so involved with their players and sports yeah. that they forget it's a business. And they feel like players owe something to them and like players care about rivalries. Most rivalries are just between the fans. The players don't really care about most of them. Obviously, there are some where they hate each other, but like Penguins, it's a business, Capitals,
2: anyone? Yeah. 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 I mean, Red Sox, exactly. Yankees, they hate each other. Yeah.
4: yeah. But like, I just feel like people just forget that and they get their feelings so
3: involved where they get hurt. Yeah, I mean I'm completely with Ryan on this. Like he summed it up perfectly. Uh I was talking to one of my friends about this and uh she pointed out like a pretty good good point that like we're still a young fan base and I was kind of uh trashing on them like a couple episodes ago saying they don't come out for their guys, but we're still a relatively young fan base. So obviously they that means we're not always going to come out for our guys or Like, we're just going to be way too emotional when we get to this, like, uh, a star leaving or for a rival team just because we we haven't really gone through that before. Um, Like, people like the Yankees, I mean, they've had players leave and obviously bigger teams, they've had players leave. So they're not used to it, but they've gone through it before, so they kind of know what
2: to do. Yeah, I agree with some of that. I think uh, it is a young fan base, but I, I don't think it's unique to D.C. I mean, you just watched what just happened in uh, on Long Island for John Tavares. I don't know how much hockey you guys watch, but <laughs> no, uh, I, I would say that they're a little bit up in their feelings there in Long Island about John Tavares. The-
3: the where are your pajamas uh, <laughs> chant was one of the greatest things have yeah, ever Yeah, that was heard. funny.
2: But the other thing, too, is, you know, if people talk. I I get upset when people knock on the Nats fan base. I think it's a good baseball town. And it's, it's a smaller fan base than a lot of places. But when you carve a new fan base out of an area that already – rooted for other teams it takes time you know i mean this is a if you look at those maps that people put out of where do people root for which teams across the country the geographical area where people root for the nationals is is fairly small
3: there's no such thing as orioles fans though i mean (laughs) that was like an easy hey i
2: grew up rooting for the orioles because there was no other team around you know but i was never really i couldn't really love them because they weren't a dc team and i dropped them like a hot potato when the nats came to town
3: but because they're awful (laughs) (laughs)
2: well they are awful now but the other thing too is i do think there is something to it i think that if bryce was here for a long time he knows he knows the feelings of the fan base about the, the about the phillies and i think he did the best for himself he did what was his you know what he chose was the best decision for his family and i totally respect that but he needs to i'm sure he he understands that he was he was destroying a lot of the goodwill that he had from dc when he did that You know, and and he made that choice, and that's fine. But I don't feel like he should be, you know, upset that the fans are upset. Of course they are. I mean, what did you think was going to happen when you went to an an Elise rival?
3: I still think he didn't want to do it. Like that that press conference just sold it for me. Like he did not. Yeah, look like a hostage video. Yeah, <laughs> on, yeah, that's a perfect way to do it. Like he looked like you know, he was just like this is going to be the longest 13 years yeah, of my life. Yeah, that's the part
2: that gets me is I don't feel like he wanted to go to Philly and no, I can't he believe didn't. that he signed basically an unbreakable contract for the rest of his career in a city it doesn't seem like he really wanted to go to
1: i
3: mean he definitely wanted to make it look like he wanted to be there yeah (laughs) that's for sure but
2: i hear that but i just i don't know when you he didn't seem happy
3: when you watched it at all not at all
2: and we've seen bryce happy and that that wasn't it
3: (laughs) no not at
4: all yeah, he, like he turned on robot mode in interviews, and he kept slipping up, and
3: like you could tell he wanted to be in DC, and he misses it.
2: I know it's really depressing, depressing. Interviews
3: since he was four. Yeah, it, it's it's nice to know that he still plans on bringing a championship back to DC, though.
2: Yeah. I just feel like if he's not happy now, though, wait until he goes into one of these long slumps where DC fans have always had his back. Nobody gives him a hard not time. True. when he People talk trash on Twitter, but Twitter's not real life. When you go to the ballpark,
3: Twitter is everything. What do you mean? <laughs>
2: Twitter is a cesspool full of the worst people in the world.
3: Uh, at DC cool.
4: That is,
2: you. I'm on there too. Don't worry. I'm insulting myself, but I'm just saying Twitter is a cesspool and it's the worst place. Like they're not reading everything on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? In real life, when you went to the ballpark, these, they, he didn't get booed and treated like crap. If he has a long slump or he, you know, screws <laughs> up in a big spot or something, the, the Philly fans are going to be awful because they're awful
4: yeah not deny that,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't really argue that yeah that is
2: on this there can be no debate, <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the next Twitter question here from at one lovely lady C who's one of my favorite d c fans on Twitter. I love her um she says thoughts oh, on how we've had terrible managers during Bryce's tenure, and how <laughs> deferred <laughs> contracts are terrible business. Well, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's pretty rude to Matt Williams who's an all-time great oh, God. Oh, my um, God. but the learners never value managers like they just think oh if you have a great roster like a win itself managers will not really impact it like we could have had freaking Girardi but we did and we got stuck with Matt Williams and Davey who had a terrible first year And e-
3: even Bud Black like they had an agreement with Bud Black yeah, and dude. literally just low-balled him to the most like egregious offer like he's ever seen and then he went to the he's Rockies, yeah, and he's doing great. Like, it's well, of just, course
2: he is. He's Bud Black.
3: Yeah, he he just does. They don't value managers so, and like even Rendon said it. He was like, "Oh, I, we have a new manager every two years. I'm just used to it at this point."
2: Yeah, it's true. Like,
3: it's not just like it's like affecting Bryce. It's affecting all the players.
2: It's true, and I think though when you not to discount the importance of a good manager because they are very important, especially in the National League, but. You know, I, I feel like you can't really put all of the, a lot of the things that have gone terribly wrong for the Nats, like, you know, losing in big, like, Drew Storen giving up a huge lead in the... Uh, blowing
4: every big blow, game.
2: <laughs> right, blowing every big game, but I'm thinking of game five of the Cardinals series in 2012. Yeah. Which is still the stuff of my nightmares. But, yep. like, that, you know, like, players screw up in big moments, and that's not on the managers. And of course, he should have freaking pulled
3: him, but... <laughs> but I, I think – and, yeah, Davey – or uh, Dusty never should have started at Worth. Right. Yeah, there are managerial yes, like decisions.
2: So there are a lot of bullpen management things with Dusty that used to piss me off.
3: But I, I think you look at the Red Sox. Like, literally, they had John Farrell, who was, by all accounts, a terrible manager. Boom. Alex Hoare comes in, who's a great manager, by all accounts. And they have, like, one of the greatest seasons, of like, ever. Yeah. So I mean, managers aren't to be taken like lightly. Like the learners have. Agreed. Like the, a good manager just doesn't like fall into your lap. Like you have to go get them.
2: Yeah, I agree. So, it, it's important, and they don't give it the importance that it deserves. I I don't yeah. know that you can you can say we didn't make we didn't make it further than the first round because of managers during Bryce's tenure. But yeah, I also but... think that it could have been different. You know, there might have been years where we didn't make the playoffs that we might have if we had had better management exactly. decisions so it's hard to say in retrospect but i definitely think that the learners are not paying enough um paying enough attention to the importance of managers and paying them what they're worth to get a good one um deferred contracts we talked about that pretty extensively already um, obviously our uh, our business. friend here thinks they're terrible business i like i'm not as bothered by them as sometimes Bad as long business. as as if they don't if they don't make it so that they're reducing their active payroll as a result of the deferred payments, then I couldn't care less.
3: Like, oh, do you're what you be want mad. with your money. You're going to be mad when Rendon doesn't take the contract because it's a deferred payment-heavy contract. In 2025, you're going to be furious.
0: I yeah. Furious.
4: All
3: right. Well, <laughs> we'll it. be on, like, episode 9004
2: of this <laughs> show by then, so we can talk about it then. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
3: we'll, we'll be doing the, the post-game on masse and –
2: Okay, let's move on to at Nats. Hot takes gives us the sad one. What was your favorite Bryce Harper moment? It's, it hurts to use the word "was" in this, but we'll say. What's your favorite Bryce Harper moment?
4: Uh, um, I. That's tough. I think I'm gonna go with Bryce just completely making Hunter Strickland. Like his no! <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, no.
4: I, I was at game one when Bryce hit the home run off of Hunter Strickland and not including the home run derby. That's the farthest home run I've ever seen. Like that was a freaking moonshot. And Hunter Strickland was so mad that he was mad three years ago. Yeah, later. he was. He's yeah, like, he was, <laughs> he was. <laughs> like Bryce was his dad. And that was just incredible. Yeah, and
2: a young father, he was. Yeah, that was uh that was a great moment. I will definitely give you that one.
3: Uh, I'm taking the home run derby because I was there, upper deck, no way, so that? Or, <laughs> first first row, second deck, like right field. Bryce was just hitting home runs all around. Oh and yeah, that, like that energy. And granted, it was just baseball fans; it wasn't just Nats fans. But it was the energy was like.
2: I've never, that moment when he hit, no, when he hit that last one and everybody knew it, when it came off the bat, it was the most electric feeling. I've been to hundreds of sport sporting events, and that was the absolutely most electric feeling I've ever experienced in person.
3: Yeah. It was if you, yeah, if any of you ever get a chance to go to the Home Run Derby, absolutely do it because it's so it cool. much. Oh, it's <laughs> so worth it. Yeah. Wow. So since Keep you took the,
2: the Home Run Derby, I will <laughs> I will do one more when he stole home after getting beaned when he was his rookie year, it was you know or when he first came up. Yeah, when Cole Hamels hit him hit him and then he you know got on first on the hit by pitch and then wound up stealing home. That one was one of those where I was like, "Holy crap." Like this kid, this kid is special.
3: You know, know what's funny to me is that when he came up and like, he would like go diving face first into the scoreboard and the outfield and people are saying he was playing the game too recklessly. And now people are saying he doesn't play the game hard enough. People are never happy. Yeah, they're never happy. No matter what you do, it's just never going to be enough.
2: But, again, always remember that when you see people being unhappy, it's on Twitter, and Twitter is full of the worst people in the world. It's the
4: so. small population. Yeah. At DC Matt Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Follow us
2: on Twitter, people. <laughs> okay. Um, at Barb BZZZ says, Nats fans are known for giving former players standing ovations. Will Bryce get a standing O?
4: Drew Storm got a standing ovation. And that guy <laughs> I was at that him. game
2: and he did not get one from me. I can tell you.
4: Bryce is going to get standing ovation. People are just mad right now, but by April second, they're going to see the tribute video and all the feels are going to come back and they're going to give a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. going to be some people booing, but he'll get standing ovation.
3: Yeah, they're all going to send the "Hey, big head" text at two a.m. <laughs> April first. So yeah.
2: Well right now I'm too pissed off to consider giving him a standing <laughs> ovation.
3: So we'll
2: revisit this after I go to that game and tell you. I'm what wearing I
3: do. my Harper jersey, don't care.
2: Ugh. Oh, see that's Damn. just not nope. Nope, nope, nope. That's enough for me. That's enough for me. He plays for the freaking <laughs> Phillies.
4: And I've never heard that team before. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, we got our weekly question from Dom at Dom and Thunder. What's worse, Bryce leaving or Michael A Taylor potentially starting opening day?
3: So that's I, a good episode worry. of Half Street High Heat. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Um, All right. Well. Uh, my stuff, let's be that's
2: not worse than Bryce leaving. Come on.
3: <laughs> oh, dude, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like Bryce leaving is one thing. But thinking of Matt replacing him and being a starter in general is literally every time like...
2: i see and he, i'll tell you what taylor's having a great spring man he's tearing up the grapefruit league every time i see his his uh, stat line i look at the games and i'm like oh man wait till this week's episode we can talk about it, michael a taylor again.
3: <laughs> it's gonna happen i know it's gonna happen and i i it, uh, uh no what do you have <laughs> no. against
2: strikeouts i don't know why you hate him so much i don't know
3: that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, core, Nick strikeouts are sexy. Bryce can hit two forty and people will say like he's the worst player ever. Mac can hit like 220 and people are saying he's a great guy and deserves every chance in the world.
2: Well, and you know, that's actually a good broader point is I've had this argument with people so many times about people say Harper's overrated and Harper, you know, didn't live up to his potential and all that. I think he could never have lived up to the hype. He could never have lived up to people's expectations. They were unrealistic. And you know, he's, he's a generational talent and the team is worse without him. But I will say, sort of to wrap up and put a bow on the Bryce Harper stuff is that this, the team's been planning for life after Harper for years. And I think they did as good a job as it would have been possible for them to do to, to make up for his absence. And I still have really high hopes for the season for the Nats. I think they've improved themselves in a lot of different ways. And uh, the Phillies, I think still aren't as good as the Nats, even with Harper in their lineup.
3: I think it's, they definitely have a better lineup for sure.
2: Yeah. But I don't think they're a better team. No,
4: it's, if the, it's it's close. But, if the Nats, yeah, I agree. If three starting pitchers are healthy. The Nats will win the division. Yeah, like if yes. there's that
2: if. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is, because Strasburg's got a lot of injury history. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, and then one more to throw in here before we we break My off. My
4: favorite segment, of the, <laughs> the new segment, new
2: segment, worst yeah. tweet of the week. And this week's worst tweet comes from at Phil coach on Twitter. He said, we were, you back th- Phil. we were too classy for Bryce while he almost single-handedly tanked the first half of our 2018 batting. What 180 after the first three weeks, our world series celebration will be 10 times better than the caps. I'll do loudly in a classy tone. 34 dead to me.
4: Just, wow. Like, not the humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> Not the humble brag, but Nat Jack—it's a thousand mentions a week, and this was the one that stood out to me the worst. Come on, man! Personally, oh no, dude. player can single-handedly ruin a guys a, a team season, and what ruined the season was the starting rotation dying. Like I get being mad, yeah. Like, and I think the, the moment for himself.
2: me when the season went totally off the rails, never to come back, was Dooli- Doolittle's injury. To me, uh, that was well, yeah, it. Like it was, when Doolittle went down, everything. that was it. Like there was no way that the bullpen was a mess anyway. And Herrera was never what we thought he was going to be when they picked him up. And when we lost Doolittle, that was it. It was over. So did mm-hmm. Bryce have a bad first half? Undeniably, he had well, a he, bad he, first he half. You
4: didn't say first half. You said first three weeks. Right? Yeah, no, I, he said I, I after the
2: first half. three weeks. Batting 180 after the first three weeks is what
4: Ah, uh, my apologies, think, Phil. But, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, I just, you know, the whole idea. I, I am off the Bryce Harper train. I will appreciate all the things he did for this organization, but – you know, I'll I'll always watch his career and pay attention to what he's doing because I won't be able to stop myself. But, you know, dead being dead to me. I understand the, the sentiment and I he sort of is in that way. But I, I'm not going to I'm not going to boo him. And the idea that we were too classy for Bryce is odd to me.
3: Yeah. But and then he's like, the like the, he, he, right yeah, he's like, our World Series celebration will be 10 times better than the Caps yeah what? also that you know what i'm a huge caps fan you
2: better watch it sir watch it yeah film.
3: like i, I don't <laughs> It's is so bad i'll tell you
2: i was down at the watch party for the caps when they won the game five it was in vegas and i was out in the on the street with my husband and my two teenage sons and i can tell you it was pretty damn
3: awesome yeah we were uh ryan and i were actually at the bullpen outside the Nats Park. nice so yeah we we uh experience that firsthand too yeah and still
2: not as, as awesome as that was not as electric a situation as the home run derby
4: not Same. even close but that's not even close to what the nats world series will be Cause that'll be 10 times 10 bad.
3: times better baby we're we're gonna be cheering in a classy tone
2: Or booing in a classy tone. I don't know. Something. something. All right. Well, and regardless, Phil, thank you for listening to the podcast and for interacting with us on Twitter. We don't mean to give you too much of a hard time. We appreciate it. All right, guys. So that I think will do it for us for today. Um, Hopefully we will have less Harper talk next week because it makes me sad. Um, also, and I forgot to do this in the middle, so apologies, Dom. Um, it is, I want to make sure all of you guys know about the uh, DMV Sports Network's library podcast. There are shows for all the local teams, Redskins, Caps, Wizards, Nats, um, in addition to some mixed bag shows that are called It's About Time DC and Dom and Thunder, both of which talk uh, about the Nats. If so if you're looking for more Nats content, you can certainly find them there. You can get them wherever podcasts are available. And that will do it for us. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Please subscribe and leave comments, um, ratings, reviews. We really appreciate all of that. Um, You can find me again on Twitter. I'm Amanda at a white seven, eight, seven, seven. You can find Nick and Ryan at DC Natchak, and you can find the show at half street, high heat. Um, If you want to check in with DMV sport network, sports network broadly you can find them at dmbsportsnetwork.com and follow them on twitter and instagram at dmv underscore sn thanks again so much for listening and we will talk to you guys next week
3: later